the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Hello and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. We have seminarian John McFadden with us today, and he's going to be telling us his vocation story. So before he does that, we'd like to begin with a prayer. Seminarian John, will you offer a prayer? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Take, O Lord, and receive our entire liberty, our memory, our understanding, and our wills. All that we are and all that we possess, you have given to us. We surrender it all to you, to be disposed of according to your will. Give us only your love and your grace. With these, we will be rich enough and will desire nothing more. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, Son and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And that was the prayer of St. Ignatius, is that correct? One of those, yep. How beautiful. What a good way to begin. This is our show, folks, and we're so excited to have Seminarian John with us. He's from Crystal Lake, Illinois. He's from a family of four, went to Catholic grade school and high school, and entered the seminary right after his senior year of high school. This year, he's starting his sixth year of seminary and his second year of theology. This means in a few short years, he'll, he'll be ordained a priest to serve in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, where he hopes to serve his whole, bring his whole being to serve our Lord and his people and to know Jesus and to love him. So Seminarian John, we're so happy to have you on this show. It's a bit of a miracle that you're here. Thank you for coming. Of course. Yeah, it's good to be here. Angela met you the other day at Marytown, and she said, you have to meet this seminarian. We have to call him. We have to get him <laughs> on the show. So here, the Lord paved a way, so you're available, and thank you. And you have agreed to talk to us about your own story. And when I talked to you uh, the other day on the phone, um, I said, what, should, what are we going to, how should we name this? And you had an answer for that immediately. Do you remember what you said? You said, <laughs> when I met Jesus. So we're going to talk about when you met Jesus. So, but to begin with, I think you, you really uh, found your way, the, your spiritual way beginning in high school and you went on a retreat. Is that correct? You mm -hmm. want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Okay. So my, uh, going into my freshman year of high school, I went on this retreat called Curios, and it was very like charismatic. So it was just basically like the gospel. The Lord loves us. Sin broke us. Uh, Jesus redeemed us, and so we're called to respond to that love. Very basic. Um, but so it was that retreat kind of a Saturday, especially a Saturday evening that I, I met our Lord in the Eucharist, and I met our Lord through other people uh, that just had a joy and a peace and like a love for Jesus and for each other that I wanted. And so when I saw that, I was like, this is awesome. I got to have, I got to have this. So that was kind of the first step for me. Uh, chapter one, if you will, in the story. That's pretty powerful. You know, seeing people who were in love with Jesus, mm -hmm. that says something to all of us too, doesn't it? Like Absolutely does. How, how our lives can be a witness to others. You said you didn't want to be a nominal Catholic. You, something happened to you. You wanted to be a, a living follower of Christ. Yeah, I didn't want to just go to church every Sunday and like pray before I ate and the 30 seconds before I fell asleep. Like I wanted to I wanted to know Jesus and have a relationship with him, not just be Catholic in name, but like I wanted everything um, that I am to just scream like I love our Lord, like I exist for him. And all that you received all that really um just through this um this retreat, this this one retreat. How beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it started there. <laughs> it started there. So let's continue. You're a freshman now. You're in youth ministry. You're dating and you play football. Yeah. So uh, after this retreat, my freshman year, I started to play football. Um, I started dating this girl and uh, that ended after a couple times of dating. And I went back on this, this same retreat um, and I went before our Lord on a Saturday night where it's kind of the climax of the retreat. Um, so Jesus in the monstrance is in the middle of this big room with one wall totally of glass looking out into the forest. Our parents surprised us and they're around the room with candles. 
The only light in the room is um, 30 candles under the monstrance illuminating Jesus. And the youth minister had led us in playing guitar. And I knelt before our Lord on that Saturday in February and I said, okay, Jesus, I'll make you a deal, which if you make a deal with God, God's going to get his way. He's always going to, you're going to win, but sure, so is our Lord. Sure. And so I said, uh, this relationship kind of ended and it's, it's a little bit of a mess. I'm a little bit of a mess. So if you can kind of heal me, heal my whole person, right? Uh, I'll, I'll give all my attention and my energy that I was giving to this girl uh, to you and I'll do, I'll do what you ask of me. I don't mean to pry, but when you say you were a mess, what do you mean? I just mean the relationship kind of ended in a way that uh, we dated a couple times, and I was I was pretty upset about it. So I went to our Lord with my pain. So you didn't wa- you didn't really want to end the relationship. Uh, it it needed to end. So uh-huh. for both of us, I think it was kind of a mutual like this needs to end. Uh huh. So so you brought your your brokenness to our Lord. Mm-hmm. I said Jesus like. If anyone can fix this, you can, you know. <laughs> Did he respond? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very clearly, I think that's one of the most clear times the Lord has spoken. He said, I can take care of you. I can heal this, but, uh, not but, but, and I'd like you to be a priest. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty tall order, Lord. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. I'm only 14. Um, but I did say I'd give you everything that I am and everything that I have. So a deal's a deal. You got it. So I jumped into like being involved in the church at that point. Wow. Now, did he speak words to you, or this was just overwhelming thoughts or in your heart and in your mind? Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of like, it was just kind of a thought of like the priesthood. Just kind of popped into my mind. Um, and I was like, oh, that wasn't for me. Like, <laughs> I didn't come up with that. I didn't want to hear that. Yeah. And so that's kind of how it was throughout a lot of high school. It was just like the priesthood kept coming back up on my mind and on my heart. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So you hadn't thought of that really before. No, people sometimes ask, like, well, what were you going to do before you before you knew you were going to be a priest? And I was like, I had no idea. I had given it no thought. Right. I was 14. I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Sure. <laughs> you liked football. I did. Football was great. My dad's a, my dad's a pilot, so people are like, are you going to be a pilot when you grow up? And I was like, maybe. I don't know. Wow. But. What does your dad fly? He flies a, it's an Airbus, Airbus for United. One of those big ones. Yeah, oh. we joke he drives a big bus through the sky, so we honk the horn. Look out, <laughs> the captain's coming through. <laughs> yep. Beautiful, beautiful. So you got totally involved in your parish, is that right, with youth ministry? Mm-hmm, yeah, so it's kind of, I jumped back into that community that I had found in the retreat. And so I found like a group of people that loved each other and loved Jesus and wanted to grow in holiness. I was like, I want that. Like to be a saint, I need that. And so I, I kind of jumped in. I helped plan like youth group nights, um, there's like that retreat that I went on an overnight uh, three-day retreat I did I think seven more of those when I was in high school I did wow. probably 15 confirmation day retreats with freshmen and eighth graders so I just got really involved and, and grew in friendship with those people and helped uh, try to help other people encounter our Lord as well you really just put your whole self into that both yeah both feet both <laughs> Jumped feet in. what did, what was your parents reaction when I told him I was going to... Be a priest. You don't want to be a priest. My mother was thrilled. Yeah. My mother was thrilled. My dad was like, oh, eventually, like, I think he wasn't really expecting it, but um, he's really proud of me now, and he tells me that all the time. Oh. I, have, I have very good parents. I'm blessed oh, in that way. of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. So you decided at some point then, you decided in junior year, was it, you were going to daily mass? Yeah. So that's kind of like chapter three. Run now. So, uh, <laughs> okay. If we're going by chapters. So... I, I, I knew I was involved in this community and I really I desired holiness but I wasn't really sure about the whole like priesthood thing like giving up a family like oh my goodness Lord uh, and so there was a program called Totus Tuus that came to my parish which is kind of like um, it's a catechetical program where college kids four four of them a seminarian in college a normal college guy and two ladies um, run like a program for, for kids in the summer and so it came to my parish. There was a night program for the teenagers and the high schoolers. And the seminarian on vocations night named Sam, he got up and he said, this is the only prayer you ever need to pray. At the time, I was 16 years old. Didn't really know what a seminarian was or what they did or who they were. So at the time, I thought, well, he's almost as holy as God, so I better <laughs> listen. Uh, That's so great. <laughs> and so he stood up and he said, Jesus, help me to want to be who you want me to be, to desire to become the saint you've created me to be. And I was like, wow, 
Okay. Oh, so wait a minute. Can you say that again slowly? Sure. That's so beautiful. Sure. Help me to want to be who you want me to be, to desire to become the saint that you have created me to be. Mm. Wow. So that made an impact on you. Yeah. So the wheels in my 16-year-old mind started rolling. I was like, well, let me think about this a second. I think the Lord has asked me to be a priest. And every time someone brings it up, it just kind of like bells go off in my head. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if my heart's all there yet. So I was like, okay, Jesus, here's, here's the next part is if you want me to be a priest, I know you're a good father. I know you want my good and you desire me to be fulfilled in this life and to be full and to have joy. And so if you want me to be a priest, help me to want that too. And so I did. I started praying that prayer and I started to desire the priesthood in its fullness to give like, to give the Eucharist to people. It's kind of cool to think about like three years from now, I'll hold up bread and I'll put down God. That's too good for any man, but our Lord is so good. Wow. He gives that privilege to people to be able to uh, pour mercy into people's souls and bury and to baptize and counsel. And so I want, I started to want all that at that point. That's right after you said that prayer asking. I said that prayer for like, I pray that every day. And so gradually these desires started to grow within my heart. Help me to want to be a priest. Mm, to want to be who you want who, me to be. Who like. be, who you be, yeah. Yep. That's a good prayer for all of us, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're kind of, if you're a young person and you're wondering like, Lord, what what's my vocation? Right? A lot of young people get really like concerned about the discernment of their vocation and really like, there's two questions. What does Jesus want from you? What has he, what has he made you to do? And that's, that usually becomes clear over time. And then by the desires that kind of come up on your heart and stuff. And then the second question is, do you trust that he will fulfill you in that vocation? Do you trust that he will meet all the needs that you know that you have in that vocation? Mm -hmm. Answer yes to both. Jump in. Jump in. I hope um, all our listeners out there are tuning in. And I hope you'll have your teenagers listen to this because it's really... <laughs> It's really uh, a, a vocation story for the young, too, to turn our, our kids to open their hearts to the Lord. Your love for the Eucharist, had you always had that? Mm, I think it kind of was born on this retreat uh, the first time I went, and just like looking at our Lord that Saturday night, illuminated by the candles in the midst of my peers, just seeing him being like, whoa, like that's God, and I get to kneel before God. That's kind of cool. You know, what touches me so much, though, is your faith. Yeah. You know, not everyone has that faith. It's all a gift. It's a gift. You were gifted very young. Yeah. With a beautiful faith. Um, you, I, I took some notes when you were talking to me over the phone. You said, uh, 14 to 16-year-olds, are. it's hard for us to sit still with our cell phones and stuff. So how did you, how did you learn to sit still and talk to God? Yeah, I mean, I think it's still something I'm learning because I still, you know, I'm now a 23-year-old and I still got a cell phone. Uh, <laughs> right. But so I think it's just a matter of like, you sit still, you turn your phone off, or you put it on airplane mode and you say, all right, Lord, I'm here and this time is yours and mine and no one else's. I'll speak, you speak, and we'll enter into dialogue together. And that's prayer. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, and you said something about the eye of God. Yeah, so this is kind of, I'll share my, my St. John Vianney story now. If that's oh, it. please. So, uh, St. John Vianney one time was uh, coming out of the church, and he noticed a man sitting in the back. And uh, he was just sitting there. Wasn't moving, wasn't reading, no rosary, no book. And he just kind of noticed and was like, hmm. But this happened day after day. St. John Vianney would leave the confessional, and he would notice this man just sitting in the back of the church, not moving, not doing anything. And one day he asked him, well, what are you doing? He said, I'm praying. He said, you're not doing anything. Like, how are you praying? And the man said, oh, Father, for me, prayer is simple. I look at God, and he looks at me. And that's it. Like, that's what we need to think, kind of when we put ourselves before our Lord in, in the Eucharistic adoration. Just like, imagine the host is the eye of Jesus, and he's looking at you, just gazing at you, delighting in the fact that you're in front of him. And so, when we begin to see, like, prayer is first an encounter with a God who loves us and has yearned for us to even sit with him and be present to him, it's it's a game changer. Wow. So prayer, you're making me like just delight in what you're saying because <laughs> what you're saying is that prayer is really not a whole lot of words. <laughs> 
Mm-mm. Sometimes it starts like that, like you start with a lot of words, but our Lord eventually draws you and just be. He kind of says like, "I don't need you to talk so much. Like, just sit with me." So it's kind of like take a young couple on their first date. Uh, they want to talk and they want to get to know each other so right, well. Right. But after 60 years of marriage, you can sit and eat in silence and just be with each other and love each other. It's true. In fact, sometimes that's the most profound way of loving, being with another, is just being with that person. Mm-hmm. Wow. You've got so much wisdom. How old are you? <laughs> yeah, a ripe 23. Oh, wow. It's so <laughs> wonderful. It's so wonderful. Are you taking all this in, listeners? I hope you are, because we got a a special one here. (laughs) Um, So when we allow Jesus to to love us, he tells us how much he loves us, and it is easier for us to bring Jesus to others. That's your quote. I, I wrote that down. You said that on the phone. Yep. So we can more easily love others when we allow Jesus to love us. Yeah. Because, uh, and I think I'm, I'm quoting like Jose Maria Escrivá here, we're all just kind of these flower pots, right? And we want ourselves to be filled up with the love and the grace of God, so much so that it spills over the edges and out to those around us. We want to be like conduits. I got a, I got a letter from a sister recently, uh, a mother of uh, the poor Claire's in Rockford, and she said, you want your, your pockets, like, to be filled with grace. Like, that's what's going to allow you to bring Jesus to others is when you sit before him, in silence in the Eucharist before our Lord, he fills your pockets with all these special graces that will allow you to bring him to other people. And such is the same for like husbands and wives that are listening. Like we go before our Lord, we say, help me to love my spouse as you love them today. We go home and we do our best, you know, or mothers with their children or teachers with their kids, whatever it is. Like God wants to give you the graces you need to love those around you and bring him to them in a way that only you're called to do. And so, when you fill up your pockets, what's likely to be in those pockets? <laughs> patience. <laughs> Probably just different virtues you need. So maybe like humility, patience, um, gentleness of heart, mm. those kind of things. And beautiful. Yeah, just grace. Grace that's upon a, grace. That's a beautiful image. But grace with uh, flesh on, it's like grace, okay, I can understand that. Yep. Patience, gentleness. Yep. Uh, yeah giving time to others yeah I mean nothing really substitutes for time we often want to like jump into relationships and things but just sitting and being with another person like to sit and be with another person have them turn off their phone look at you and give them their undivided attention and have them delight in responding and listening to you and what you say people don't do that as much as we need to anymore and I think it means the world to others when we do it and that's what our Lord did with his apostles. Think about how many moments in the Gospels there aren't. So you hear all like the times that Jesus is walking and performing miracles and things, but you don't see written like a lot of the long, long walks. Like, do you ever wonder what Jesus and the apostles were talking about during those times? Really? Yeah, they just like hung out together and were friends. They shared communion, they broke bread together. And that's the basis of relationship. Right. Um, how um, how are you finding living with other seminarians? Is that um, do you talk about stuff like this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oftentimes, like uh, living with seminarians is a gift. And to quote the great Father Brett Brennan, uh, who wrote the book to save a thousand souls, he said, "It's a gift to live in a community." Um, where a hundred, however many men I li- you live with, so my seminary is about 80 guys, that you're surrounded by about 80 men that are all trying to live exactly like and become Jesus Christ. Like, that's wow. a very unique gift. Wow. And so I would agree with Father on that 100%, but I'd also say, like, to become Jesus is not an easy process. It is one that often, like, it challenges us and it shapes us uh, in different ways. So I think to take an image, uh, it's kind of like a crucible. So a seminary is in a crucible in a way that you get put in and it's very hot. You get a lot of like young guys living together and sometimes we're bumping heads, but that allows the Lord to um, have us like, the Lord uses us and smooths out all our sharp edges uh, while we're in the seminary, or at least hopefully most of them. Wow, mm-hmm. that's a beautiful image. 
Yep. Annie, so you're sitting here very quietly taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to say anything to John? Uh, I didn't have anything on my mind at this point, but um, I was curious how I'm trying to bring the Eucharistic adoration, more of it, at our parish. Mm -hmm. And I love your words that you would possibly share with the young people about being with Jesus and that, you know, just being there to sit there and so on. Um, I was wondering if, in my mind, if there was some way we could get some of that on paper to maybe help in the future. Um, I'm not sure exactly where you're attending. Uh, are you over here at St. Mary's? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You're uh, in Rockford? Uh, I'm from the Diocese of Rockford. Right. I go to seminary up in St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, yep. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what I was, you know, trying to figure out how close you were or if you weren't. Okay. So maybe we could stay in contact and uh, be able to do something. Wouldn't help. it be wonderful to speak to the youth? Yes. Oh. Are you doing that uh, now? Are you? Do they send you out to parishes, or what? What do you do now, other than study? Yeah, and so right now I'm actually a school starts a little later in Minnesota. It starts after Labor Day, so now I'm just kind of like uh, asking Jesus for wonderful opportunities like this to spend wow. my time with. And so yesterday, actually, funny you bring up like youth and stuff. I was substitute. Teaching is a strong word, but I was subbing at a high school out in Freeport, west of Rockford. And so uh, I got to, the teacher came in, I didn't know this was happening until yesterday, but she came in, the substitute that's normally there, and says, oh, hey, we're, we're signing up for adoration, this isn't mandatory, um, but I'd love for you to, to do it. Like, there's just 10 minute slots on Mondays during your religion or study hall. So I was like, oh, wonderful. So then I like told a story about uh, someone I had met, and um, compared it to like how our Lord loves us and then asked all the kids like go to adoration it's going to change your heart it'll change your life it'll change how you see the world and so change how you see God and so I was able to do that with probably I don't know 30 to 50 kids yesterday oh how wonderful wonderful yeah I'm, what a gift you gave them it was awesome yeah the kids were great are you do you think you're headed to teaching or to or you don't know I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm headed to wherever Bishop David J. Malloy and a wonderful vicar for clergy would, would like me to go. Uh -huh. I just want to do the sacraments. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do whatever else they need or they would like. I think that's, we're coming up uh, a couple more minutes left for this segment, but then I'd like to talk about maybe the sacraments in the next segment. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a love for the sacraments, as we do here, WSFI, and uh, get your thoughts on that. Um, so, uh, well, let's start talking about it. So, the sacraments, um, any in particular that you love more than the others? Yeah. I'd say my favorite one's probably the Eucharist. Yeah, just cause yeah. because I, I wouldn't be here without Jesus, you know, sure. in the Eucharist. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, because I think, uh, I was talking about this with you a little bit on the phone earlier, just like how, how it's difficult for me, like, as a young seminarian, um, maybe it's just myself, maybe a lot of young seminarians, we have a lot of energy. And so it's hard to just sit still, but I know I can go to the Lord and say, okay, God, I know I'm going to get distracted. I know I'm going to think about other things, but I know I, I can at least physically take myself and put myself in front of you in your presence and be with you for an hour. I'm going to get distracted. I might even like get sleepy enough. I, I conk out for a couple seconds, you know, and wake back up, but I know I'm at least trying. And that's all our Lord asks of us in prayer is we, we go, we show up and we try. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I think, that's one of my big loves for the Eucharist. I don't want to I hope I don't have to make a holy hour in my life where I'm separate from our Eucharistic Lord. Um, so that's probably like my top one, top two. Mm -hmm. You know, your faith in the real presence is just strong. It's it's powerful. I mean, I also have a faith in the real presence I've had since I was a child, and then it was cemented in high school when I did sit in the back of the church one day and. I spoke to Jesus because I was really down and I had hurt my knee and all these things <laughs> were wrong. My mom was sick. And and then when I came out of the chapel, um, like I went back into the gym and I just, I said to myself, I've just had a conversation with the Son of God and he's a friend of mine. I said that to myself, I remember, and my whole demeanor changed. It's like I was happy, you yeah. know, and it made a difference sitting 
in Jesus' presence. Yeah. Essentially, we, we often think like prayer, um, we kind of like, Lord, can I have a bike? And God's thinking up in heaven like, mm, do I want to give this person a bike? Okay, I'll do it <laughs> since they asked. And like, well, what we're praying for is really like when we ask our Lord for things, we're allowing him to give, like, we're allowing him to change our hearts more so that they may be more like his and want what he wants. Yes. So it goes from, Lord, can I have a bike to Lord, I want a bike if you want me to have a bike. If you don't want me to have a bike, I don't want to have a bike. Uh-huh. Just allowing our hearts to be deep, more deeply converted to, to his, God. To his way, to his will. Mm-hmm. And also just like, we're realizing Jesus is a person that wants to talk to us. Because we hear a lot about Jesus. Right. Um, we hear a lot about like historical Jesus or what people say. But we don't spend time like sitting with him, with him in his presence. And so I think when we sit with our Lord in his presence, as when a husband sits with a wife or when people like waste time together. Yeah. Uh, relationship happens. Relationships yes. grow and they grow deeper. Um, and people experience intimacy that way. And so like that's what we're called to with our Lord is a deep, deep intimacy where we know Him and He knows us. He knows all our fears, our faults, disappointments, failures, hopes, dreams, all of it. And He delights when we just bring it to Him and talk to Him about it. So, Because He really wants to walk with us. He wants to be with us. But And if, if we allow our him to be with us then he he can that will enable him more better to be with us right am i saying that right yeah no i think you got it <laughs> yeah whereas if we're just if we don't open ourselves then he has a harder time gracing us working with us yeah he just needs like the door of your heart just needs he only needs a little crack and right. then he can slowly push more open and you'll see more of the light coming through the crack and be like what's in there I want more. Oh, that's beautiful. I hear the music. So (laughs) (laughs) we're going to wrap this uh, section up, and then we're going to come back with seminarian John McFadden, and we're going to talk about the sacraments. And um, I'm going to ask John to give our listeners some real um, points of how to uh, deepen their, uh, their love of the Lord through the sacraments so thank you so much it's been a joy to have you here i just isn't it wonderful yes, and, it is. yeah it's only so, providence that could have led me i know it's, it <laughs> is divine providence so uh we'll be back shortly and then we will pray for people who've emailed us into their prayer requests Join us for some family fun. Come on out to our fall festival at St. Gilbert Parish in Grace Lake, Illinois on Sunday, September 9th from 12 noon to 5 p.m. There will be food trucks, a bag tournament, wine tasting, a talent show, and games and prizes. And if that isn't enough, you have a chance to win a brand new 2018 Chevy Equinox. Call the office to purchase raffle tickets. See you on Sunday, September 9th at St. Gilbert's. WSFI is on social media. Follow us on Twitter at WSFIFM and like us on Facebook by searching for WSFI Catholic Radio. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Hello, this is Archbishop Blaise Supich, and I'm pleased to be here at the Pro-Life Rally, the March for Life here in Federal Plaza. And I've been asked the question, why is Catholic Radio important? Well, it's important because we need to get the word out. And more that we can broadcast widely the message of Jesus Christ, we really are doing the mission of the church. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online 
at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back. We're talking with seminarian John McFadden. Um, if you are just tuning in, um, raise the volume on your set because <laughs> Father Seminarian John is giving the most beautiful um, testimony of his love for our Lord and his belief in his real presence. So he did give his a lot of his story in the first half. Um, you can tune in live, wsfiradio.org, and you can hear our show. Um, and then you can also um, listen to us over the air. And then we can also send a link to some of our friends and supporters if they want for, to. You can listen on your phone. But anyway, um, John, let's get back to you told a lot of your story, but I understand that there's some more um, elements to it. Mm -hmm. So, would you continue with your your story? I would be honored, Joan. So, uh, this is kind of after my uh, summer between my sophomore and junior year, when I was beginning my junior year, um, I started to desire to be a priest, and so I thought, well, if I'm going to be a priest, like I better start taking this holiness thing a little more seriously. And so, I started going to uh, daily mass before before school at 6.30 in the morning. I'm sure in February, driving at 6.10, my mother had a couple, like, <gasps> is he okay? But uh, <laughs> I made it. Um, in the ice and snow, probably. In the ice and snow yeah. and dark, yep. But she's a good lady, so she's praying for me. Uh, and then my senior year, when I was on my way to and from Mass, I'd come back from Mass, pick up my sister, and we'd go to school. But I started saying the rosary, um, so I'd say part of it, and then I would get to the per the church, and I'd be on like the second or third decade and then take a little break for the Eucharist and then get back in the car, spend the rest of the time with Our Lady and then pick up my sister. And so between like our Eucharistic Lord and our, our Lady, our Most Blessed Mother, somehow six years later I'm on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I have to pinch myself that we were um, blessed to, to find you or Angela found you and that you're here. Um, uh, I, I just the rosary did you always love Our Lady uh, I didn't I don't think I really like had a big devotion to Mary mm -hmm. uh, we'd, we'd grow up saying the the rosary on like long car rides uh -huh. we'd go visit my grandparents three hour car we'd always say a family rosary but I didn't say it myself much until probably my senior year that I really grew into like okay if I'm saying the rosary Mary's gonna take care of me so <laughs> wow yep wow your parents must be thrilled with you watching you and your your devotion and your your faith. Yeah, we've had a lot of good chats since I've entered seminary. They're both very faithful people. Uh, my dad's a like I said a pilot, so he'll like attend daily mass when he can all over the country. So it's just kind of neat. Really. Yep. And my mom uh, prays for me all the time. If anyone in the town that's met my mother knows I'm in the seminary, so <laughs> <laughs> she's a good mom, of course. Yep. Your brother, you have brothers or sisters? I just have one sister. One sister. Yep, and she's going to be a junior, actually is a junior now. She just started school at Benedictine mm -hmm. in Kansas in Atchison. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah. You got <laughs> Do you think she's going to be a nun? <laughs> she's got a, she got a serious boyfriend. Oh, so okay. I don't, I don't think so, but we were talking the other day, like, Megan, when you graduate, I'll get ordained a deacon. And so, you know, God willing, knock on wood and all that. And uh, I was like, well... Then I could expose Jesus like before your wedding rehearsal, and if we could have a priest to do confession, like we could clean up your whole wedding party before the wedding. I was just like, <laughs> we're planning all this stuff out. And she's like, that'd be cool. So we were excited. You think she'll marry this guy? Uh, I think there's a good chance of that. Uh -huh. I think there's a good chance of that. Uh -huh. yeah. He's a very good man. Oh, good. And good. that's my little sister, so the bar's high. Oh, right. Of so course it is. If you're listening, Ethan, I approve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll hear this. Yep. So, um,. All right, so let's continue with our discussion of the sacraments. Um, the The Eucharist is your great love. I understand that. What would you say, John, to people out there, mostly youth? I'm thinking a lot of my grandkids. Some of them are in college, freshman, sophomore, junior. Mm -hmm. 
um, what would you say to them about, you know, the Eucharist? Like, wh- what would be your talking points for kids, like, in their late teen years or early 20s? Yep. So I'd say I'd kind of start with this because I'm 23 and I've been blessed in a lot of ways. Of I'm 23 and I've been to about 11 different countries. I've been all over the United States. I've seen a lot of Italy. I've been different places in Europe. I've been to India. Like I've seen a lot of different Whoa. things and had a lot of different really cool experiences. But I would say like there's nothing uh, that even compares to uh, a quiet morning in the chapel with Jesus. And here's kind of the reason is because we desire permanence. We desire like something the good to last and so one of the things i've been blessed to do is like to zip line through um, uh, like a mountain jungle-ish area in mexico that was a lot of fun but it ended you know Mm -hmm. and so the love of our lord that he tells you in the chapel when you sit with him in the quiet every morning or or however often you're able is i love you and i always will it'll never end Mm -hmm. it never has to end it's not supposed to end Mm -hmm. because your heart desires permanence because i made it that way and so i would say like to a lot of the young people that just um, maybe because most a lot of young people don't aren't in the church or they they don't go to mass as often as maybe they should. Um, I'd say there's a lot of cool things in the world to do. There's a lot of fun experiences you want to have, but the deepest desire of your heart isn't just to do experience things. It's to be known and loved by people, but particularly one person, Jesus. Um, and so I would say spend time with Him, and you'll be the most full you ever could be, because the experiences you'll have will be fun. They'll be great. But really what matters in life is like the relationships. I spent a lot of time this summer with um, like women in nursing homes. And I'd say like, what's what's the favorite memory from your life that you have? And they'd always say like, when I had all my family together and we could just be. Yes. And so like, I would say to young people, like it's all about just being with the people you love. That's true. And the one who loves you the most is Jesus. So. That's so true. Beautifully said. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, moving on to another sacrament. What about reconciliation oh it's so good it's so, so good. what's so great yeah so uh there's no place in the world where you can go no matter what you've done and just sit in front of the priest and say uh father i messed up in xyz i've done this that and the other thing and i'm ashamed of it and i'm not proud of it and i don't even know if i love myself because i've done these things and father can look at you and jesus can say to you through the words of the priest like God made you good. He made you to be loved, and you're forgiven. Like all that is forgiven and washed away. Go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. Like the words "I absolve you of your sins" are some of the most powerful words we've ever heard uttered in the history of the world. Um, and it's cool, just from the hands of the priest. Like uh, this is I'm quoting Father Mike Schmitz, a very wise priest. But he said that from the fingers of the priest, like drips the blood of Jesus down into the depths of the soul, even in the parts where like we aren't. We're scared to bring those to our Lord. He just allows, if we allow him, he's present to those parts. And just every single part of us is just washed in the blood of Jesus. And so, yeah, I'd say that's probably like one way to look at the sacrament. Like it's a place where you're known to your depths, even in all the things you might be like insecure about, and you're told you're good and you're told you can be loved. So, so, our Lord loves us so much that nothing we could say would make him not love us. Right. Right. Nothing at all. The problem is, is probably most of us don't love ourselves. And so we can't even, we don't even are able, are not able to take in the fact of that love, the unconditional love. Yeah. And there's a story about this. I heard when I was <coughs> teaching Totus to us, one of my friends, Mary, she tells the story a lot is the one of her penances she received was um, go and kneel before the tabernacle and ask our Lord, help me to see myself like you see me. Mm. And it took her hours just like receiving all the love that Jesus had in his heart for her. And like she said, I went to kneel for five minutes and I was there for an hour and I don't know what happened. <laughs> and I went back the next day and I was there for another hour. And so it's just cool. Like God has so much to give us. We just have to open our hearts to receive it. And we walk around with blinders on. It's like we don't realize it. We don't even know mm-hmm. most of the time. You know, there's Jesus is waiting at the door of our heart yeah. to fill us and to lead us and to heal us. Mm-hmm. What about if we're sick? What about um, 
you know, I have a granddaughter who's um, suffering. She has cystic fibrosis, and she has a lot of trials because she's often sick with lung stuff. What would you say to her? I would say uh, a couple things. So, one, anointing of the sick is a, or the last rites. Yeah. Uh, anointing of the sick, get those, because mm-hmm. uh, I want your soul to be prepared. Um, but also I would say, because there's a lot of suffering, and I'd say don't two things. Don't let that be wasted, so offer that for people that need it. Right now there's a lot of people in the church that are hurting, um, and, they, and they're struggling to trust the church. And so you've been allowed to carry this heavy cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, allow your sufferings to be offered for those who need them most. And I'd also say that sometimes we can get frustrated with God because we suffer deeply, but uh, think about it this way is, you're so close to Jesus in those moments because he's allowing you to be a Simon of Cyrene, just be next to him and let the cross like dig into your shoulder. And while that's painful, think about how close you are to Jesus when you're literally next to him carrying the cross. His mm-hmm. blood is probably on your clothing. Like mm-hmm. his breath is on your cheek. So you're very close to our Lord in those moments, even when it seems like that cross is really heavy, you're right next to Jesus. Yes. And so this really, so, just like Veronica wiped his face with her veil and then his face appeared on this veil, which is still in existence. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a very healing thing to have the blood of Jesus touch you to carry his cross. Mm-hmm. So we, we are healed the more we open our hearts to love the Lord. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We just want to say, Jesus, I know I'm broken. I know I'm imperfect. Come make me whole. Come heal me because I know you don't want me to be broken, like you don't want me to be stuck in my sinfulness um, and help me to be conformed more to you, Mm. to love more perfectly, to become more holy, become more like you. So um, this is just, um, it's just filling me. (laughs) I'm hoping you're listening out there. Um, John McFadden, seminarian, is telling his story and also teaching us a lot about um, the relationship, uh, the gift of the relationship with our Lord. Um, any other sacraments you'd want to discuss? Well, you'd said the anointing of the sick. Mm-hmm. That's very powerful. Yeah, I would just kind of blanket a couple of these things. Like, it's why um, the priesthood is beautiful and it's a gift to the church. And I'm not saying that just because like I'm studying to be a priest, but just looking at it, the priest gets to be with people in like the most intimate moments of your life. So like when you're getting ready to go home to heaven, we hope and we pray. When you're, you know, at the day that the young lady and the young man are standing at the altar, the moment when the kid's getting ready to make his first confession, have his sins be heard for the first time, the moment when something like goes wrong in a family and there's a tragedy, who's there, who's the rock? The priest, Jesus in the person of the priest. Who's teaching you about the history of the church and your rich faith? The priest. Who's probably even teaching you some classes in your high school? So we hope and pray if we have the numbers again, the priest. Who's in the elementary schools with your kids? The priest. Like, the priest gets to experience so much of human life, um, even in a day. Whereas most people, like, all that stuff takes a lifetime. Sure. But for the priest, it could be an afternoon. Sure. So, I'd say anointing of the sick is one of the ways uh, that the priest just gets to be with people. Um, marriage, anointing of the sick, sacrament of confession, and obviously holy orders. Like, sure. pretty cool moment for the church. Sure, sure. Now, I'm very aware, and you as you are aware, of the, the great crisis that's in our church today with the priesthood. Mm-hmm. What would you say to our listeners out there who are struggling to deal with this, as we all are? Yep. I would say, uh, I, I've been asked this a couple times lately, and there was at one point when, and this is just a public story, it's, a, it's kind of a lean on this if you're, if you're struggling to trust. Um, so one of the dictators of the world, I don't remember if it was like Mussolini, Hitler, Stalin, uh, captured one of the popes and said, looked at him and said, I'm going to destroy your Catholic church. And the pope just kind of looked at him and, and laughed and said, well, priests and bishops are, um, we're human people. We make mistakes too. So we haven't been able to do that from the inside for 2,000 years. But if you want to try from the outside, good luck. Because <laughs> like, he knew it wouldn't work. Uh-huh. And so in this moment um, when the church is, when the church is limping and she's and she's hurting, let's say, go back to the words of our Lord, like the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And Jesus entrusted the Holy Spirit to the church to guide her. So yes, there's people in the church that have done not great things. And the Lord is merciful, but he's also just in these times. And we hope that uh, 
that's corrected. However, we mustn't lose trust in our Lord because he instituted the church as a family and families fight and things go wrong sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's going to be okay because the Lord said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church and the Holy Spirit is guiding the church. And so that's, that's what I would offer people. I know it isn't much and I know especially for those people that have had um, family affected by such, the church has offered her apologies and I offer mine as well, but that's kind of what I would, what I'd offer to people. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful answer. Yeah. We just do our best. I mean, seeing it as a family, you know, and it is attacked. We are being attacked, and the gate, but the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, mm-hmm. Jesus I'll, promised that. And I'd also say, like, if you read the history of the church, there have been very messy times. Go right. back to the 1500s. We had three popes once upon a time. Right. But you know, like, we came out okay. <laughs> like, right. And so. Uh, there's messy times in the history of the church sure. but our Lord wins Jesus already won the war yes so so and the idea isn't for us uh, the church going people to leave the church um, if anything it's to stay with the church and pray for the church pray for the priests pray for healing yeah I was talking to one of my friends about this and he said you know uh, and I've kind of been taking what he said and talking a little more about it is Uh, One of the worst things that happened uh, is that, like, Jesus died on the cross for us. That's sad. Like, God died. That's not good. But the good that came of that, the good that our Lord allowed, is we get to participate in eternal life. Like, we get to go to heaven because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us. And so in this, like, something really bad happened. A lot of kids suffered at the hands of priests and stuff. But uh, the good that that our Lord has allowed to come of this is a lot of people now understand that it's really important to pray for priests and pray for seminarians. And so, not that I'm saying that what happened was excusable or like any of that, but what I've seen grow in the church um, in terms of like people doing penance and people fasting and offering rosaries and all these different things for priests, that's very edifying for me to see and it gives me hope as a young seminarian. So. Sure. That gives me hope, too. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask him, um, was there anybody, like a young priest, or that you've known that has touched your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, there's a priest by the name of Father Thomas Doyle. He uh, was my chaplain when I was in high school. And just how available he made himself uh, just to sit and waste time with a, with a young, obnoxious high school guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's borne fruit for me in my vocation, even you know years down the road. Um, I think at the height of like Marion Central where I went in Woodstock, at the height of its busyness, there was like six times a week confession was offered, daily mass and adoration twice a week. Really? So the dude was just a sacramental machine. Like it mm-hmm. was great to see that. Uh, but he's one of the ones I just really, really admire. It's Father Doyle, yep. That's a great question, yeah. Annie. And his availability, right? He was just there for you. Mm-hmm. They say like different religious communities and stuff have... Um, they have charisms and stuff. So some, mm-hmm. some groups have nuns and sisters like teach, some pray, some work in hospitals. They say that the charism of the diocesan priest is just like radical availability. So our time, our time yes. is for you. We need our holy hour. We need our prayer. We need to pray the breviary and things and say the mass, pray the mass, celebrate mm-hmm. mass. But ultimately, like after that, we're here for you to help you get to heaven. Like that's our purpose is mm-hmm. to bring souls to Jesus and Jesus to souls. Mm-hmm. So it's time. And that's what's so hard for all of us, um, th- th- to be available, give our time. You know, we're always in a rush. We're always mm-hmm. on to the next thing. And just to be present to others is is a gift when people are present to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'd also, Go ahead. quickly before we close, I just want to like give one more shout out to Our Lady of the Importance of the Rosary. Um, many souls will be saved and many families consoled. And many, much good be done in the world yes. if we learn to say the rosary yeah. faithfully. They yeah. used to call it like the poor man's psalter. And it's kind of like, well, I can't sit down and read the scripture right now, but I know this, this thing happened in the life of our Lord, so I can at least talk to Our Lady about it. Yeah. And one more practical thing about growing your faith, uh, I would say, because oftentimes we can get distracted when we say the rosary, is just to, to think of like all the friends and family that you have, all the people that you know in your lives. Think of what they need prayers for. Yeah. And then take those to Our Lady and ask mm-hmm. her, Mary, pray for us. Because that's what you're doing the whole rosary. You're just asking Mary to go to Jesus with all your intentions. All the in- Beautiful. Yep. And it, it's time now to go to Jesus with our intentions. All the people that have emailed us, 
we would like to pray um, before we close out the show um, to include um, the prayers of pro for protection by our Lord during three uh, a trip a grueling trip upcoming. Uh, Vlado emailed this. He ne he needs the Holy Spirit to take control to help me become more disciplined to say no to electronics, the internet, and social media, and to have a good, healthy sleep. That's Vlado. Um, we also received an email from um, uh, VL Patrick, for peace and religious unity in the world, to enlighten and guide all the leaders of our world, nation, and community, for the Pope and all Catholics, for our family and our dear ones. Um, we have other needs, too, for Terry King, who is having brain surgery as we speak. For my granddaughter, Ellie, who has cystic fibrosis, that she get uh, through this infection in her lungs, pseudomonas. And um, for all our listeners, so would you pray for these intentions, um, John, and then we'll, we'll, ask, uh, we'll pray for our listeners, too. Sure, I'd love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, quiet our hearts in the midst of our busy lives so that we may pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all these gifts you've given us. We pray for all who are listening, for all the intentions that they hold in their hearts, for all who need them to help uh, take control and to be disciplined, to say no to electronics, for all those families who have relatives and kids and husbands and wives and moms and dads that are sick, that they may be healed. We entrust all these things to you, O oh Lord, as we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And we thank you, John. This has been a gift for the show. And um, we hope you'll come back sometime. If you're not here physically, we can do it over the phone. <laughs> sure. And we'll continue the journey with you because it's just been very nourishing uh, to listen to you. And um, for those of you who would like to email us with your prayer request, please please do so. We pray here, and uh, the priests or the hosts of the show prays. And um, we uh, also uh, call us and let us know your response to our programs, especially to hear John McFadden today. Wasn't he wonderful <laughs> and very inspiring? And may God continue to bless you as he already has. Thank you, John. Yeah. You have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Peace and be healed of your disease.